the Sunday of change. Welcome to the Sunday of change. Moreover, welcome. No, yes. Good. Okay. Um, so the Sunday of change. Handheld. 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 Oh man. Now you're changing stuff on me too. This is fun. All right. Welcome to the Sunday of change. We're excited you come and join us for Donut Sunday. Online folk, we love you. We wish we had virtual donuts to send to you. 3D printers are not quite there yet with the glazing. But we are excited to have you join us for this new series and a completely different version. So if you're a new guest, come back next week because next week we'll have a band. We'll have a sermon more towards the middle of the message. I know some of you are frantically coming in saying, the message is starting. That means dinner, that lunch is about 20. No, no, no. Lunch is going to be a little bit off today. This is like the daylight savings time of church where everything feels a little off. This is a different setup because you have in front of you booklets. I know on our online guests, we will post a link a little bit later so that you can actually access this in an online format. And we'll go through this together and more on that in a moment. Before we do that, before we do that, I want to ask you four questions and I want to make a statement. So I want you to think through these before you answer. Just take a second and answer with complete honesty. First question, who's ready for college football? That was good. That was good. Who hates that question right there? I love the confidence. So this is what we call the warm-up question, where you just have to, to try it for the first time. So the confidence of saying, I'm ready. You know, most of our teams in here are Florida State. Nebraska's back this year, baby. I'm so excited. I haven't got the Nebraska socks on. So it, there's a lot to happen, but this, that's your warm-up question. Now, answer with the same amount of confidence. Don't delay too long. Right now, point which way is north. I love it. I love it. I love it. So many different people pointing to me in different ways. And I love, here's, here's, here's the people who, you're my people. Several of you went like this. <laughs> you're my people. You're my people. Some of you went like this. Right? And then some of you are like, yeah. And it was just automatic. You just had this instinctful compass inside of you. Third question. Remember back to 2017. It's a long time ago. If your life seems quantitatively better from 2017 to now, raise your hand. If you're unsure or maybe it's harder between then and now, raise your hand. Fourth question, think back to 2017 to now. If your spiritual life is better, raise your hand. It's amazing. Same question, harder, harder or unsure? Yeah. We have a mixture of all these different questions, and if you're online, please chat in on these questions as well. See, we have this sense we can get a sense of where things are in my life. We kind of know instinctively that I'm either heading north or I'm heading somewhere else. And in a sense, this sermon that kicks off our emotionally 
healthy leader and looking at shadow boxing will discern and analyze which way is our lives pointed strategically. Am I pointed north, northwest? Am I south? Am I east? Am I west? Do I even know which way I'm pointing? This series was birthed out of a study of it called the Emotional Healthy Leader Book, and Pastor Mike and I went through. Pastor Lloyd read it on our sabbatical, and it just kind of formulated in us saying, this is a sermon series as we went through this book. However, I think the true impetus has been watching our world torn asunder by so many events in the past three years. What is shocking is that the prior decade, we did not see this sort of violent division to this level. Amen? The extremes have taken root, and sadly, in no greater place than the church. My childhood denomination, the denomination I came out of coming to E3, two very different denominations, are both being split in two different churches. It's just part of what's going on in the world today. What has been the most difficult thing to watch is over the past five years, I've seen the fragmenting of Christians more than any other group. We have lost our true north as Christians. And here's the shocker. It's not any political party in general. Think that's blunt? Neither platform is more, this is where I need the over the ear, Christian or non-Christian. Both have human beings that have been created by God. But our emotional maturity is so shallow that we can't see the people and the way in which God has made them because the leaders can't. And here's the sad part. Because Christians do not know which way north is, we are exactly like those that pretend to know which way north is. Moreover, there are those that can embrace the opposite because of hatred in their ideology. Instead of knowing what north is, you assume where north is based on where south-southwest is. Ooh. Because I hate this group of people, this is my new north. But if you're... Hatred is of people who are going south, southwest. You're just going to end up going north, northwest. And that just creates a horrible end for whatever your journey is. Consider this. If you understand what degrees are, there's a 360 degrees, and it goes like this. If you're off by one degree in your navigation, it doesn't have a huge impact in the short term. For example, after one foot, you're going to miss your target by a total of point two inches. That's trivial. But as you get farther out, it becomes more and more problematic. After a mile of going off by just one degree, you're off by 92 feet. If you're traveling from San Francisco to LA, you're off by six miles. If you're trying to get from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., you're at Baltimore being off by one degree. And if you're going in a rocket to the moon, like we're all going to be in a couple years anyway, you're going to be off by 4,000 plus miles, which is twice the diameter of the moon. One degree makes a tremendous difference. We're trying to discern what is my north. See, friends, the challenge is that we've forgotten which way north is as Christians and succumbed to someone else telling us which way to go. As ambassadors of Jesus, when we're off by one degree, we don't find him. We find some ideology who co-opts him as a convenient celebrity. As we worked out last week, our church culture is moving from innovation to intimacy. 
We, we don't care about smoking machines as much as we do about the testimony of the person sitting next to us, even though smoking machines make that cooler. To do this, we must be so intimate with Christ that it is the Spirit who tells us where north is and a culture that tries to recast who Jesus is. Because none of us know Jesus well enough, we, fall, we fail excuse me, to recast and assume the experts know what they're doing. It's close enough. If we do not know who we are and where Jesus has implanted our purpose in our lives, where north is, then it's the shadow of ourselves that's going to take hold and ruin our lives. The shadow is the greatest strengths we have being used for lesser things. And this is what this whole series is about. It's about shadow boxing. Now, shadow boxing, as the image on the screen kind of shows, you're boxing yourself. And you say, that's ridiculous. Because if I fight myself, then I'm not going to get very far, right? And in a sense, when you're shadow boxing, you're trying to be ahead of your shadow, so to speak. If you remember the old Peter Pan movies, where his shadow is always flying away, and he asks Wendy to sew it to his feet. So, he can, so he's not able to have this shadow going his own direction, its own direction. We all have a shadow self that is the worst part of ourselves that also could be the best part. That the greatest strength that I have in whoever I am and God's made me to be is also my greatest weakness. We all, all have shadow selves. They are the side that emerges in times of unhealth, of fear, of anger, and of being raw at the worst side of where the good God intended for us to be. Some of our shadow cells erupted this morning. Oh my gosh, there's tables in the church. What in the world? Chris Turner's about throwing over tables, man. Having to hold them back. It's not Monopoly? Okay. We changed everything. And change is hard, but change is also inevitable. Our shadow selves can hold the worst pieces of our gifts, and not just for seasons, but toxically control our entire lives in lust, greed, power, anger, and manipulation. If you want one more eye, black eye for politics, I'm going to give it to you right now. This idea that the political party ideology will somehow direct me and my life and our entire culture for good just allows that shadow self to be more embedded in our whole national identity. And that's true not only for the United States of America, but it's true for any country, and it's true for ancient Israel. The entirety of the book of Kings follows this rhythm that the writer seems to instill, and it's not all that surprising, to be honest. Bad king after bad king after bad king comes along, and then after about 10 of them, there's this good king that comes along. And the writer of Kings is like, see, this king followed Jesus, or not Jesus, Follow God, who is Jesus, but that's a whole other point. Follow God. And he, this good king brings everybody back into the fold, and it's all magical and wonderful again. And then another cycle of bad kings happen. And these people called prophets are, rise up. And they try to tell these kings that what they're doing is evil, and they're ruining the kingdom of God. They take God's law, God's providence, God's presence, and reinvent it to suit their desires versus being known by him. We see David, the very first king, of the good side, shows a different compass setting than the one who preceded him, Saul. One that is so honed by God and God's prophets that he writes of it in this psalm, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. David asks for God's intensity and to diminish that shadow and then instead put faith in what David was called to be. David fails numerous times in the Bible. It's very clear what he does. There's this whole thing with Bathsheba, for example. But David's stain-marked monarchy is remembered as a key God intimacy and tremendous successes overall. Today, we hear what we already want to believe. We want our news stations, we want our books, we want our pastors to say exactly what I want to hear. The church who welcomes all to be transformed and see great offense, they recoil from that versus the church who selfishly uses the pulpit to proclaim false ideologies and limit the salvation to just a few who accept their message. We have, as a general, a whole lot of Christians become lost. There's a picture I'm going to put on the screen, and it's great for blackmail, so get your cameras ready. This is me. And it was an accidental picture, but I just love it because it just illustrates this idea of lost because that's exactly where I was. I was somewhere in rural Kentucky, and this guy who was our neighbor took all 10 or 12 of us on this hike. He said it's an easy hike. Anybody invites you to easy hike, ask them, what does easy mean for you? Because 12 miles in and no vittles, I was struggling. Being a type 1 diabetic, I was in panic mode when this picture was taken because I had 12 M&Ms left, and my blood sugar I could feel was just tanking, and we had no idea who it was. And we just happened to just say, okay, I think we're just going to head this way, and eventually we'll head into a road, and by goodness gracious, it was, I think it was a miracle. I really do. We walk out, and we are almost 100 feet away from our car. No idea how we got back to where we were because the guy who led the hike didn't come back with us. We became lost. We had no compass, no map, no idea of general direction of where we were. We had walked miles into this forest and had to come miles out. Being lost is terrifying, truly lost. Not Google Maps lost in a city you're not familiar with, with 7-Elevens on every corner. Being actually lost with no sense of where you are is terrifying. And it is my experience in talking with people in this room, talking with people online, just talking with people in general public, that our world seems a bit lost right now. Every once in a while, we find a great recalibration to our souls and our emotions. I believe E3 has gradually been having this recalibration. But I want to see us as salt to a city, to a state, to a nation that needs saltiness. Paul writes this in a similar fashion to the Colossic church in Colossians. He says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone fully, what is it? To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Paul knew which way north was. He knew which way that God was calling him each and every step, and though he failed, and he admits he fails many times. Though he had personal struggles, he knows where God is leading him and never goes away from that. The prophet Jeremiah wrote similar encouragement to the Israelites during their time as lost and wicked with awful kings, as we saw in the opening video. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, what is it? 
and not to harm you, plans to give you. What is it? And uh, Jesus himself reveals over and over and over this hidden identity that these first followers of him had no idea that they had. I mean, they're common people. They're fishermen. They're people with dreams, I'm sure, but they had no thoughts of leading an entire revolution in the entire religious establishment. Peter, Paul, and Mary, just a few, he called and revealed which way north was in their lives and revealed in their lives things that they had no idea and no understanding of how that could be true. These people he called were constantly in fighting with their shadow selves, in doubt, in disbelief that they could lead a religious upheaval. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be leaning into which way is north for me, not only collectively, but I want to do this individually as well. In a moment, I want to strategically give us time to listen to the Spirit of God and hear what the Spirit is calling us as an individual. So much so, I see this is such a high priority in 2022 going forward, that we're just going to knock out half of a service to strategically take time to do this. But that means we have to listen. This isn't a time to say, oh, yeah, this is, this is worthwhile, but I'm not going to put very much effort into it. And it's, 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 this is fine, but I'm really not going to listen to what the Spirit's saying. I'm just going to kind of write down what I'm supposed to write because this is, seems like Sunday school again, but I'm really not going to take this very seriously. Do you get the point of how I'm drawing on right now? This is a time that you do not take in your normal everyday lives. You just don't. Because our normal everyday lives are filled with good things like college football. See how I link that back? Our normal average everyday lives, we don't discern where God's leading me a decade from now. We're thinking about what's happening two hours from now, right? Or what the next season of life may be, not a decade or two from now. See, what we need to do is listen. And not a passive listening, but an active listening. The other day, my, my littlest Lillian, she was having some struggles with a certain task. Getting a cup from a drawer that's reachable by her, it's down here. Putting it up against the faucet and getting a glass of water. It was hilarious to watch her because she was so distracted by this TV show. And she said, Dad, can I have a glass of water? I'm like, yeah, honey, go ahead and get it. And she, 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 the TV's over here, and she kind of like goes like this. I go, Lily, you're almost there. Go get the cup. Oh, okay, okay, Dad. And turns around and becomes immediately distracted by the next thing in the room, the next shiny object, her microphone that she just got. So she walks towards the microphone and starts playing with that. Dad, can you get me a glass of water? She screams into this toy microphone. I'm like, honey. It's right there. You can get it for yourself. You're capable of doing this as a five-year-old. She turns from the microphone and is immediately distracted again by, guess what, the TV. To the point where I go up to her and I grab her cheeks and I say, Lillian, I told you this is a splash zone. <laughs> Lillian, the water, get the cup, go to the fridge, listen to me. I think God's trying to do this for most of us. We have all this background noise on. We have all these, these things, these ideas, these words, and God's just sitting there like, listen to me! Just listen! 
You think I'm not present at the worst time of your life? I've been screaming at you the entire way you're on the way to that. You're heading south. You think I'm not there when you're in agony and, and pain? You think I'm not there when you're excited and happy and jubilant? I'm around there the entire time, and I'm screaming at you. But you got the dang radio on in the background. And I can't get any louder than the things I'm telling you. When was the last time God revealed which way north was? Even if it ruined your perfectly wrong-tuned compass. Over the next weeks, we're going to be looking at things like doubt versus faith, rest versus busyness, making healthy decisions. Who's on your team? And then this one, I'm excited about this one particularly, power and wise boundaries. How is that used and misused? Heading into October, we're going to do another baptism Sunday. So if you're interested in baptism, talk to me. Proclaim your faith. But this morning, what I want to do is to take this time, like I said earlier, and shadow box. To take some time and really understand what's the dark side of the gifts that God has given me. Where am I struggling? Where am I failing? And where am I rocking this shadow with a left hook and a right jab? It's going to be a little bit foreign feeling in terms of a normal church service. This is a risk that I'm frankly willing to take because if it impacts one or two or ten or hundred, it's worthwhile taking for your eternity. We're going to take some time, and I'm going to walk us through the booklets in front of you. Online community, I know Darren's going to be posting that very soon if he hasn't already. And these booklets are going to walk us through discerning what my mission is, discerning what God and who God has called me to be. Before we do that, we need to spend some time just listening. And I've asked Pastor Lord to come up and just pray over us as we discern where God's leading. And after that, I know Jay's going to come up and read Scripture Let's turn our attentions, turn our hearts, turn our minds to Pastor Lordy leading us in a prayer over us right now. Good morning. Uh, let me, before we pray, let me just take your temperature a little bit. Who here, what's your comfort level? Where are you at? You, you still a little disrupted? Yeah, a little bit? Good, good. That's not a bad thing. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for... Um, really for the vision that you've given Pastor Scott first uh, in, in pushing us to places that are uncomfortable um, because we do believe and we do trust that the vision you've given him is for our good, for the things that you want us to learn, to seek out, um, and to become. So, God, I pray that you would use this uncomfortable feeling that all of us are having. Just even, it, it's so interesting how much just a table versus straight chairs can disrupt us. So we ask that you would help us lean into this disruption of our um, expectation, the things that are normal and routine for us. God, I believe that it's important that even something as simple as a round table can distract us in a good way and leave us open and vulnerable to something new and different. And so, God, we pray that you would help us stay focused on that this morning, that you would help us lean into that, that we would be in a place here and feel safe with each other, a, sa a safety to, to do something different, safety to be vulnerable, uh, not, not even with each other, but with ourselves as we work through these questions. Again, God, just 
just trusting that this is all for a, a, a just a great purpose, and that is for us to be able to see ourselves the way you see us, not the way the world has defined us, and not the narrative that is running in our minds because of the, the way that we have decided we are or the way that we've decided we should be. So, God, I, I just pray that you would just bring your Holy Spirit into this space and, and just that we would listen and be aware of your presence and that we would listen to those, that small prompt and that um, resetting of our true north if it is not where it should have been. God, we, we know that, again, that this is different and, and unusual, and that makes it uncomfortable. It does not make it bad. So, God, I pray that you would bring a peace that comes with some uncomfortableness and that we would just lean into that and trust that you are speaking to us in this place through this through this time, through this series, and in this different way. We trust that you are here, and we are um, excited about what we're going to learn about you and about us and the way that, like I said, the way you see us, God, and the way that you would have us serve your purpose in bringing your kingdom to this world. We love you. We trust you. We submit the rest of this time to you, and we're we are here willing to um, surrender our expectations for your will. We love you, and we pray in your name. Amen. Would you listen to the scripture with Jay? Hi, I'm Jay, and I will be reading today's scripture from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, from the New International Version of the Bible. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jay. That was a powerful reminder for us as we go through these books to put Christ at the front of all that we're going about to do. So grab your book if you don't have one. If you need one, please raise your hand because it would be very awkward for me to walk through this and then you say, I never had a book. It's okay to raise your hand in church. It's also okay in this time to doodle, to draw, to say some of us are going to rocket through this because we've gone through something like this with someone before. Some of us, this is brand new, so this will take me a, a, a week maybe two or three weeks of, of 25 pages of journaling. There are people who God has made to journal, I think. I'm not one of those, but I, I recognize that God has made us all uniquely different, and there's a voice, an inner voice, that's wanting to come out. And so if you want extra help, please, please, please reach out to me anytime, and I'd love to walk alongside you because this is such a valuable time to discern who God's calling to me to be. It may be also at your tables. You want to verbally process that. That's great. We'll have some underlying music at the time where you'll take time to, to draw and to write. Don't, don't worry about the style and genre of music, okay? I'm sorry if it's not your cup of tea. It's, it's coffee shop music, okay? Coffee shop music. So with that in mind, let's go to page one. It's gifts, gifts. What am I naturally talented at? Now, I put in here a list of biblical spiritual gifts. God has given spiritual gifts 
said in the Scripture, and, and they're very clear if you understand the context in which Paul is speaking, but they also can be unclear as well. For example, helps. Well, I help people all the time. That could be a spiritual help, or it could just be that you're a really nice person and you like to help people out. Hospitality, I, I may cook and, and, and do all sorts of parties for people. If it's in the sense of a spiritual hospitality, there's one thing, but just a general hospitality is, is just a, a general hospitality, which also sounds like a sitcom. That said, I can't help but making a joke. I want us to take some time and discern where has God put places, gifts, abilities in me. There's not the gift of maybe music, of design, of accountability, but those can be spiritual gifts. They're just not listed by Paul specifically in the epistles. And so I'd like us to spend some time writing out what am I naturally good at? And you may write nothing, and that's where God's going to, I believe, speak into you saying, no, I've made you maybe a little sarcastic to write the word nothing, okay? So take some time. We're going to start the music here in a moment and write out the spiritual gifts. How has God equipped you naturally? reading the room. I know some people are done. You're already looking at other things, going to the next page. That's fine. Some of you are still writing, and I value you and want you to spend some time uh, just in terms of the pre-programmed and the music we set for certain time lengths for you to kind of crack at it a little bit and then maybe come back to it at another time. Go to the next page, experiences. The formative experiences over your life. This is writing out, in some sense, your life story, but highlighting certain things. In mine, it would be saying, hey, being diagnosed with diabetes. I mentioned that earlier. Please eat the donuts before you leave, by the way. In some sense, it would be moving from one town in western rural Nebraska to the more urban side by Omaha. In some sense, it would be going to UNL, marching in the marching band feeling a calling from God when I was 20, of going into formal ministry, of doing different ministerial jobs, going to seminary, meeting my wife, adopting four kids. We're not going to give you enough time to write your life story. But I'd love for you to start it here, to pin the first few sentences, the first few points. And then on the second page, it says, star where God's presence was evident, and maybe underline where God felt absent because those will be key in understanding who God's calling you to be, which way is your north. So the same system, there's people who have asked some questions about, hey, can I, can I go outside the bounds which you said? Absolutely, if the God's leading you that way. Should I talk with people at my table and be a facilitator? Maybe. Give them space, though, to write it out. And we're going to continue doing this. If you're online and need to have any questions, please chat in right now. Let's go to our next is life experiences, what events are significant, high and low, and how was God present or absent? Beautiful worship. 
this coming out. And, and seriously, worship isn't just singing. It's saying, hey, God, take me. Here I am. And, and some of you are still going to be writing and be writing for quite some time after this, and that's fine. And those of you who have written out your life story in seven minutes, more power to you. The next page is vision. It's the what do I want to be when I grow up? My favorite answer that I get from one of my children who will remain unnamed is, I want to be a cheetah when I grow up. Some of us need to be asked that question, to be honest, because some of us say, my life is over. I'm at the twilight. I have nothing else left to prove. I'm done. And I say, no, because God has a purpose and a mission for each and every soul in this room. And your purpose and mission may be even coming after your body is done. It may be a long, long testimony of your goodness and who God has called you to be. And you need to be asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? So answer this again with the same authenticity, the same passion. And then down below, the roadblocks that are present, you can't become a cheetah, kid. That's impossible. But then what circumstances can change? You may not be suited right now for what you want to become, but there may be some circumstances in your life that can change over the coming 10, 15, 20, 50 years, depending on where you are in your life. So take some time. We're going to fill out vision right now. Who do you desire to become? Now we're going to start bringing it all together on the next page. I'm going to start. It's a second page of mission. Down at the bottom, it says the examples there. The first one, the second page of mission says, I exist to inspire teens to navigate difficult transitions academically and socially. That's an example of one. I exist to inspire sales of widgets so that our successful profits can help fund ministries in Haiti. Where I exist to passionately lead, teach, challenge, and develop ideas and people for the glory of God. I'm giving you mine right there. That's where I felt God calling me to become and who to become. And this has navigated me through the entire process of moving from Nebraska to a place called Tallahassee with a bunch of hoodlums in this instant place here. In all seriousness, this, this mission statement helps determine what involves my focus and priorities and what is secondary. The rest of these pages, you won't be able to do here today. I'm just going to call that out. If, if, you, if you already have your mission statement done, then yes, you can, you can redefine and rehome maybe. But if this is the first time thing where you're figuring out which way is my north, this is going to take some time. The first page is just to write out common themes that come through, like teaching, leading, equipping. The second page is saying, what is that statement? I've heard people have mission statements that are two or three pages long. I don't think those are effective. It has to be one sentence. It has to be memorizable. And it has to just embody where God's calling you right now and also be editable as you enter into new seasons of life. Be write this for the rest of your life. So with that in mind, let's go through and say, what is the purpose in my life I exist to? Take a couple minutes to just work on these both these two pages here.
one more section to go. One more section to go. I'm going to quickly go through the last few pages here. The next page is vocation. Vocation. Vocation is a hard way in which to either go right alongside your mission statement, like mine particularly does right now as an example, or sometimes our vocation calls us to do something we're not really passionate about in terms of our biblical spirit-given mission, but I can still pursue that in other ways. Some of us in this room, being bluntly, need a job change. And this morning is the time you say, whoa, I, yeah, I got to fire up the resume and, and start over. Some of us need to reconfigure our hours to spend time missionally considering how I can engage in Christ's work alongside my nine to five. And I'll be totally blunt. I, two jobs ago, I was working in insurance doing dental sales training. How exciting is that? Dental sales training. I had more missional impact in the cubicle of the people I worked with and the sales reps who come in every single week telling about my faith than I've ever had as a pastor in a general week. So don't think your vocation limits your mission. Think how your mission can enhance your vocation. Most biblical characters, for example, were not vocational ministers. And then lastly, and this is the most important part, share this. You don't have to share all the stuff you wrote on the experience page, maybe this confidential stuff, but share what God's calling to do in your life because if you don't share it, you're just going to be hearing your own voice, and that's not very fun. The next page is your growth group questions. Your growth group facilitators will walk you through that. If you're interested in a growth group, I highly encourage that as a vehicle to help shape these missional statements as you go forward from here. And on the back page is the shameless plug, okay? We have to have those in church now and then. We are looking for a retreat for both our she three and our men, and both of those will be happening, and the details are there. I'm not going to go read that for you. We're going to take just two more minutes, two more minutes, and fill out that vocation, but most importantly, write down a person or person's names at the bottom. Who am I going to share this with and be accountability and, and help and insight and wisdom for me as we go forward? Fill out that share right here, right now. We shadow boxed. We wrestled with ourselves. We asked God, who am I and where do you want me to go? So what we did is we, we, we struggled with the shadow versus the true you. It's what David does in the verse that I just referenced. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What you can do is take this with you. Please don't leave it here. Please don't leave it here. Because God will use these things to help discern what's worth value in your life and what is worthless. God will speak through the words you've written down. Even though it seems ever so improbable, God will speak little tidbits through his spirit in guiding you in your decisions you make in your life. For example, consider the media consumption you have in your average week. Is the media consumption that you fill up your brain and your heart with aligned with the mission and the vision that God has in your life? Test that and know if there's any offensive way in me. Shadow box yourself 
and sketch out some time in the next couple days and weeks to continue this process because it has value in your everlasting life. For those that are newer or those who missed our worship, know that our awesome worship team did enjoy, and man, they are awesome at having a week off. But there is some heavenly worship happening here this morning that I'm just so thankful you trusted me in being raw and vulnerable, as we said last week, in going through this process. And I'm going to pray over us and send us out. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your spirit coming in with small whispers and potentially slaps to the face. That there are people walking in deliberate sin that need to be called out on it. That you are present in their darkest and most secret parts of their lives. And there are people who are feeling worthless and alone. May your spirit remind them of your presence here this morning. May you give us vision, wisdom, and a direction in our spiritual compass of what way north is. That when someone asks us, we have no hesitation. We know exactly where we're headed because you've guided our steps beforehand. And for our entire eternities, may we rest in the fact that you are with us. May that comfort guide us, inspire us, and take us on our rest of our days. And all God's people said, amen. Be blessed and have a great week. We'll see you next week as we continue to shadow box.